Welcome to Podcast Marketing Secrets, the place for entrepreneurs, coaches, and CEOs who are looking to grow their business with the podcast, become a key person of influence in their industry, and get their ideal clients to come to them, also known as Attraction Marketing. I'm your host, Al Morenton. My guest today is William Yeski. Will is a combat veteran who served 11 years in the United States Army. He is a serial entrepreneur who brings significant expertise in marketing, IT, and project management. He currently runs and operates a marketing company, No Limits Marketing Group, founded to help small businesses survive the COVID-19 pandemic. It uses a combination of modern marketing techniques coupled with a non-lethal targeting framework learned within the military to provide clients with winning strategies. Will was also a founding board member of a veteran nonprofit, Rally for the Troops, now part of Racing for Heroes, and has worked on other veteran-based projects. He is currently attending Columbia Business School while running current business projects, creating new possibilities for future endeavors, and parenting his two children with his wife, who is also a United States military veteran. Will is the author of a new book titled Damn the Valley that just released on October 31st. The book covers a particularly rough deployment he was on with the 82nd Airborne in 2009 to 2010 that suffered extreme casualty rates. So welcome to the show, Will, and congratulations on the new book. Oh, thanks. It's great. Great to be here, Al. Seriously. Awesome. Awesome. Good. So can you fill us in a little bit? And it just, just released this just over a month ago. So can you fill us in on um, like why you wrote the book and what it's about? Sure. Yeah. So why I ended up writing the book was really the need from a lot of the other guys that were there on this particular deployment. Um, when you get in the aspect of some of the subjects that are from this book, because you you have other military books out there. And what a lot of other people don't realize is that the military books that are out there, a lot of what you're seeing on the shelves, like where you see, a, I mean, the market is just inundated with special operations material. If, you know, if you're a green beret or a seal, you got a guaranteed book deal behind you. <laughs> um, so a lot of these guys that were on the conventional side, they, they feel marginalized. So in, presenting stuff that has it means so much to a lot of these guys like some of the stuff that happened out there was just you know when you've experienced these traumas and stuff they hold it it really encapsulates a lot of their life so you're you're kind of dancing around um putting something like this out and stuff where there there really could be you know there's some touchy subjects in there for some people so to be able to bury your heart out on that and and put this sort of story out there for these guys um you know because i mean i i was there you know you said it in the bio and stuff a lot of people don't realize they, they even i've said a, a few times like they've come to me and been like wait hold on you were there like i didn't realize the author of this one was there you know and um yeah no that's that's me in the picture right there so a lot of the stuff that's put out on the market today is um they'll either get a ghostwriter for it you know, or there's a, another writer tacked onto it. And a lot of it is considered military fiction because I've, I've seen <laughs> this one's DOD approved and I've, I've seen what comes back and what they black line out and everything. And I've, I've seen 
um, in these other books when you're reading and you're like, oh, so you go to the front and you look for that DOD stamp and it's not there, you know? So going through these different steps and holding, holding myself accountable really, um, because I had to reach out to every single one of those guys in writing this, but doing that extra work and putting forth that extra effort during the project and weaving these historical ends of everything into the book throughout the whole project it's it's been rewarding it's been um it's been really good it's been cool to see that aspect from that and then be able to use that marketing skills and stuff that i have to to be like hey you know let's let's pull this audience who's going to be into the historical aspect how far can we take this you know and how can we also present this to to anybody to be able to pick up a book like this you know, and be able to read through it because the, the aspect that it takes, it's just very plain language. It's uh, I wrote it at a high school level, mainly because most of the guys that were there, they never, the enlisted side of the military, they never really use, a lot of them don't use their GI bill benefits. The, um, the rates of how many use that to go back to school towards putting towards education and maybe, you know, retooling themselves and rethinking, taking that moment to, all right, you know, I just went through this end of things or served, but my job in the military just does not translate over to the civilian side, or at least they don't see it first. Um, you know, where, where can I go with this? And what a lot of them don't realize is that discipline that's instilled in the military and stuff, they're set up a lot better than a lot of the other college students, you know, that are out there but they need to come down off that ego and also realize that the you know these students in the current generation are, there's a lot to offer from there as well that's uh, yeah for sure for sure and um, i was just talking about somebody a couple of days ago about how um military uh, uh people with military background are very well equipped to to like actually run a business you know, yes. and, and, and be entrepreneurs and stuff, you, you know, because of the discipline they learn and, and then systems and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm sure that's why you, you know, you're successful with your marketing group. But um, so, but getting back to the book real quick, the, um, so, so it's, it's awesome that, you know, your boots on the ground, you have the firsthand experience. It's not like some fantasy that's being, you know, put out there. Yeah. Um, and, but so th there is a like more injuries or is like a more violent uh, place than normal. Oh. Yeah. So back in, you have to look at the time period when this was. So this was a, a deployment in 2009 to 2010. We actually started off. Um, we weren't even supposed to be going to Afghanistan. We actually were slated for Iraq. So when we got uh, we actually had executive orders come down from President Obama, and this had to do with the Kandahar surge, the surge in Afghanistan mm -hmm. um, during that time. So when we got sent out there, we kind of like everybody looked at us and they were like, uh, you know, that's a whole bunch of extra guys. It's, you know, what what are we doing this br brigade of the 82nd Airborne here? You know, uh, we got nowhere for you. So our battalion commander was frantically like, we got to get these guys into the fight. Like they're not, a, we were doing a train and assist mission at the time, um, which is what you really think of as your standard of deployment. You're just sitting out in the desert out in Helmand province. And um, that actually worked into where the first firefight we were in, 
was on Halloween, October 31st out in Helmand. But that was the only real action, if you will, um, comparatively to what happened over in the Argadot River Valley. So fast forward, you know, this battalion commander who's on this hunt for the fight for us, he uh, he was trying to get us into Marzo, which is why we were in Helmand. And the Marines didn't want us there. And the British that were kind of foresee, like they were overshadowing their, that was their command and control was over that. They didn't want us there either. I think that the exact words were, we don't need a bunch of Paris mucking about the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our battalion commander was, uh, the ISAF commander at the time was General Stanley McChrystal. And he had been a, uh, I think it was like a, he, he had been in command staff at one point. So he went to general McChrystal and was like, Hey, look, I've got these guys. We have nowhere. They're, they're highly trained. They're ready for a fight. Like put us in somewhere. Where should I be going? Where should I be searching for battle space? And, oh, we got something for you. <laughs> and we ended up in the Argonaut river Valley to where, I mean, the guys we replaced, they were already, it was, um, uh, 117 strikers, uh, out of Fort Lewis, Washington, and they were already considered combat ineffective due to just how bad they had been hit. Um, you know, and then when we got in there, our, we suffered a 52% casualty rate. So, I mean, you, and these were not, um, you know, poorly trained soldiers. Like these were, these were some of the most highly disciplined, like well-trained guys you could find on the conventional side. And I mean, just with how, and it wasn't just us, like task force was having pretty much the same attrition rates. And this is stuff that nobody hears about. These stories just go untold because it quite honestly, it doesn't look very good for the United States military or the government. When you start breaking this down, I are like, man, like you suffered this casualty rate and then you pull out of it, you know, you invest this amount of personnel, money and blood into a country. And then here we are in one of what's considered to be one of the worst pullouts you know, that we've ever had. Um, I know, I don't think it really compares to the Vietnam era and stuff, but at the same time, I, I'm not seeing it at that level, you know, really when all of that was happening, I've been so busy with the business end and everything else. I keep getting asked that question. Like, what do you think of that? And I'm like, I mean, obviously could it could have been done a lot better. <laughs> um, but I'm not really the guy to see on that end, but but really when you have these stories like that and these stories to tell, like, what was it for? So it's important that this stuff gets put down, you know, in a historical type record because this stuff happened and it's going to continue to happen if people don't, um, you know, open their eyes and realize what's going on there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's quite an experience, like 52%. That's crazy. You know, as, yeah. as that's, and people like, you know, like I didn't, you know, realize that was going on, especially at that in that year and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so, so yeah. And did you have a, a business background before you went into the army, or that did you start the marketing afterwards? No, I so I had a little bit of a business background. I where I grew up and stuff. My father actually had a um, you know small to medium sized business with springs and stampings out of a small small town in. Uh, Thomaston, Connecticut. And, you know, so seeing that end and seeing his work ethic and stuff and what has to go in, um, into that end, you know, to, to have a hundred so employees and, you know, be responsible for them. 
you know, you can, you can see those, the different habits and the, and the weight on his shoulders with that. Um, you know, and that was, uh, I didn't join up until I was 26. So I had already, I, uh, had a little bit of a stint in the BMW motorsports side and then had opened up my own motorsports venture with Subaru at the time I had some money and we kind of went into a privateer team, uh, racing rally. And I mean, I, I loved it, but had a kind of a, um, life experience to where I looked at it and I was like, man, you know, you're going down a bad road and you, you need to hit the reset button, you know? And I had always wanted to join the military and I was like, let's just close everything up and, uh, and jump straight into it, you know? And people that were even there were just like, what are you doing here, man? Like, <laughs> uh, it was, it was continual, uh, really throughout the career, you know, they were just like, Hey, you do you look at things a little differently here. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? And, um, but I was able to use that, that end of things a few times, you know, it was rewarding. It was rewarding to be able to take those skills and put it back into helping other people, you know, or helping be part of something that was larger than myself. Right on. Awesome. Awesome. And then, uh, so, um, what made you start the no limits marketing group? Uh, so no limits marketing group, that was really taking a lot of the stuff that I learned over in civil affairs and to where you would come into, you might come into a, a problem in a village to where they, they always call them well diggers and stuff because what's a lot of the, uh, issues that you would have in these third world countries and stuff is water. You know, they need clean and purified water without it. You don't have life. So they would go around and that'd be a lot of the things that they would promise to put in a new well. And, um, it actually showed up in a movie, but what seems to be the initial problem or that problem at the surface is never actually the issue. Uh, and it, the thing that struck me in particular in this movie, and it had to do with, um, you know, the same type of situations they put in this, this well in the middle of this village, uh, to where there was, um, all of a sudden a civil war broke out within the village and they're like, what is going on? Like, and they're like, well, you put this well in the middle of a village to where there's both Sunnis and Shias. And now they're fighting over the well control rights and they're killing each other you know, killing each other over the water and come to find out what was keeping this whole situation at bay was the fact that the women had to walk two, three miles to the well and they would talk amongst each other and would essentially be solving the village problems that were underlying underneath everything. And as soon as there was an easy water source, none of all that communication broke down and a civil war broke out. So, I mean, really, it's like when you look at that was like lesson number one, you know, looking at a problem, it's just look at it at first, but then start brooding through, don't jump to conclusions right away and start to pull apart and look at like really create a mapping, um, you know, and go through and see where all of these point to and like, all right, we need to attack this point first because that's going to be where our first force multiplier effect is going to be. That's where you're going to have your largest effect. And then you can, snowball this into the other things and use the success from there to start tackling your other your other points of failure where you need to to put your resources at that's awesome yeah and uh so so you have a like a sort of like a unique perspective and you sort of like try to 
break things down first and analyze what's actually going on as opposed to just like, Hey, we're going to come in here and do all these things for you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They, they love to, they love to do that. They love to jump on it. And then it's like, you like, well, hold on, man. Like you didn't even understand and you're just retooling everything. And a lot of people that do that, like they either lose their original customer base or, you know, they're just looking at the wrong stuff. They're following those pipe dreams or the, um, I guess those, you know, the flashing, they, they see the light over here, that blinding light. And they're like focused on that when the problem is really over here for them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, it's like, uh, I was talking to somebody earlier about this, but it's like, yeah, understanding their business, you know, and also understanding their goals too. Like where, like, where do you want to, you know, what direction do you want to head? You know, and all that kind yeah. of stuff too, you know, that's a, um, so you can almost pres prescribe the marketing, uh, strategies for them, you know, and, and customize it to their business. Yeah. And that was the whole thing with the, with, I mean, even with the book project, like on how much has been integrated in there to where it's like, okay, like where do people in this audience group want to see, like, what do they want to see, you know? And when you have something, when you're promoting something over a true omni-channel, uh, type platform or like your campaign for that the multiple platforms that you're dealing with you have to understand what audience you're talking to on there you know and how they talk on that particular platform as well as like what audience segment you're talking to so like for instance so the social media campaign uh at damn the valley book on facebook is for the most part the same as the one on instagram but occasionally like there's events and there's other ways to advertise and there's a complete like the audience on there is like really from 35 into their 60s to where instagram there's an overlap but it's 25 to about 40 you know and then TikTok, complete different story right there um and then you want to pull on uh different heartstrings when you're dealing with linkedin make your make your stuff more professional you know, you're not trying to entertain an audience there, but how can you better either collaborate with somebody else, maybe in a posting or, you know, what are they looking for on there? What are they looking to accomplish? Um, uh, case in point, uh, you know, some of the veteran nonprofits and stuff out there, a lot of them are on LinkedIn. And if you start talking to them and be like, hey, let's do a veterans writer workshop, you know, and having to do with, there's a lot of people out there with their stories, but they never, they never make it to see the light of day. They either sit on a computer, they never get published and stuff. Let me help you. And like, let's show guys how to get this stuff out there. You can do it. If I can do it, you know, on my own, on that side, I mean, I know I have the knowledge behind me, but a lot of the stuff I've used quite honestly, um, the stuff learned in college has been good, but some of the most valuable has been that self-learned through either books podcasts like your own um you know and by talking and networking to people that's awesome yeah yeah that's that's really cool and you know a lot of people don't understand that even mark some marketers they don't understand like that um you know talking you know to the specific voice of the platform you know and the, and the demographics and, and everything um for that it, it's crucial you know and, and and trying to be like sort of like on the channel or whatever, on the present with, with, with your marketing efforts. That, that's a big yeah. deal too. Yep. So, well, um, it, yeah. 
Well, I was going to say, what, 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 what types of marketing do you uh, offer at, at, at No Limits? So a lot of that end was all digital and a lot of the, I'm, I'm actually winding, winding down to run that into a different division and ramp up stuff on the, on the end of being more of a consultation um, area within the marketing space, but using, using what NLMG has been creating with small business and stuff and, and making it more of an educational type platform with somebody that goes hand in hand with them, maybe an intern and stuff and helps them run these accounts and then passes it off when it's time or moves them to another tier within the business. Just because it's it's been something where originally it was something that was tooled out for COVID to give a lot of these smaller businesses a digital footprint. Because um, a lot of them, I mean, man, I don't think any of them in this area where, so I'm in Maryland right now, um, Northern Maryland. And most of the businesses out this area, there was very few with DoorDash capabilities, you know, and delivery options and stuff, all the sit down restaurants and everything. No, nobody, you know, uh, just the capabilities when COVID hit, a lot of them freaked out and it was trying to get them like, Hey, look, it's okay. You just, you have a customer base already. Like, and if you just talk to them and be like, Hey, we have some stuff in place. They're not going to go flying off to the big box stores. They might initially and stuff, but that's because you didn't have something in place. Like let's adapt because quite honestly, if you don't adapt, you die. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. That reminds me of that book. Uh, it's like late nineties, early 2000. I think it's called who moved my cheese, you know, <laughs> and, it, and it was sort of about that, you know, like the, like the, 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 the cheese stash was moved somewhere else. And one, one mouse, he didn't want to like, uh yeah you know he didn't want to realize that so he just kept on doing the same thing over and over and the other one's like man there's no more cheese here i gotta find some more cheese and he actually goes out and finds it and he's living fat and happy and the other one's like starving to death and dying <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> go find it you know you got you have to have that type of attitude like and especially if the you know i think it opened up a lot of people's eyes in the business world to where you have to have these multiple capabilities um and it's only helped me out in the long run too, because I'm, I'm the guy there that was like, Hey, let me show you how, you know? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And has the marketing, um, you sort of touched on this a little bit, but, it, but your, your marketing background and expertise that it's helped you with promoting the book. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like that was, so the, the publisher for this, uh, casemate they're, they were the one to pick it up. And I, that was the first thing I looked at was like, okay, what's, what's their standard audience? Who do they know? Where are their connections? And like, so that I'm not overlapping efforts with their marketing department. And they're like, well, we normally do the historical end. So we have a lot of uh, relationships built with, you know, military posts, museums, the government end of, end of things. I'm like, perfect. So you, you carry the historical version you know, or the, the vision of it. And I have, you know, I, and we talked about it before, I already had weaved so much of that historical aspect into the book end, but really after it got picked up is when it really ramped up. I mean, the, the publication date was one, the, the cover on the book, that's an actual picture from the battlefield on the front cover. It, it features some guys pulling a flag out of, uh, out of some rubble 
And what had happened was a vehicle bomb had been detonated and flattened the compound the guys were in. And as, after the, you know, they guys were buried alive. I mean, just crazy. I'm so surprised none of the soldiers that were there died. They actually, they had some Afghan children that were unfortunately um, killed in the incident, but like they're burying guys, you know, pulling guys out. They were buried alive and stuff. And like during that, they came across the flag and that was that picture was them pulling it out to re-raise that flag over the compound they were in to kind of show, Hey, like, look, you may have hit us. You may have knocked us down, but we're getting back up. You know, you can't, you can't keep us down. And it just exemplified everything behind it. So, I mean, between that, um, and then on top of it being DOD like gone through and the guys that were there approving of it as well, there's, um, artifacts like guys started contacting me like where one of them was like hey i have that flag i'm like what do you mean you have that flag and he's like we recovered that like i have it i recovered i brought it back with us from afghanistan like we replaced it when we left i have it and the more talk that we started to do like one of the other guys like i have the backpack that was in the story from you that's full of holes from the suicide bomber i'm like you got to be kidding me so we got in touch with the airborne and special operations museum down in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And that's where we held the book launch event. And it all just, yeah, it just, I mean, it was, and it was such a good experience. Like, I mean, to be able to like, so not only now you can read about it, but I mean, you can see it on social. Like there's almost a year's worth of, of postings. And this is all pictures that the guys, um, really gave me access to. They sent, sent forward to me. Um, so since February, we've been posting daily, uh, and this is all stuff from, from that particular battlefield for the, for the most part, there's a few posts, but I put that in there when it is, you know, but not only that, you can go down to this museum and see it in person, you know, and have it, that piece of history right in front of you. And for, for me, that was important for a lot of the guys that, that held this in their heart, that it had to be, you know, something that was not only a historical you know, but really different than anything else that was out there. And I, I think we've accomplished it. I think it's starting to show, you know, it has that, um, it's at that dull roar stage right now, but it's starting to come up. And some of the larger outlets that are, that are up and coming haven't even, like there's some good ones that I can't talk about yet, but they're coming. They're really good. That's awesome. And like you were saying earlier, like, like the, having your boots on the ground perspective and, you not being one of the super, super high level or whatever, you know, that just has assistance and this and that, you know, and, and, and people feeding them information as opposed to like actually being there. That's huge. And, um, and, and you, you know, being very real and, you know, conversational, yeah. you know, even in the, the book, you know, the you know, high school, you know, level and all that kind of stuff. I think that made you approachable you know like because you're one you're actually one of them it's not like you're not like one of them you are one of them and and so you were able to get those artifacts and all that stuff stuff that would have never happened if you were like a general or you know or some kind of a journalist or something you know yeah guys probably wouldn't have given the time of day you know but then also to be recognized i mean the forward was written by a a three-star retired general and Mm -hmm. you know the first person to endorse the book was actually a four-star general uh david petraeus i mean that is 
right there, that's huge. Um, but a lot of that as well, I, I kind of played a little bit on it because I knew I was going to be able to get a hold of them mm-hmm. due to them understanding, you know, who this was that was approaching them, asking them for an endorsement on it. Um, but at the same time, like if you don't have the, I guess if you don't just ask, you know, you don't have the, the cojones to, <laughs> to buck up and, and go, Hey, look, I, I need this. And, you know, would you be willing to do something here? Uh, you know, and it's worked out, it's worked out really well. That's awesome. And, you know, you know, the, 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 one of the key things to take away from that too, is, you know, you like you, you actually, you, you know, you made something good, you know, you had a good book, you, you jumped through the hoops of getting the DOD approval and, and all that kind of stuff. So when you went to these people, you didn't just have the courage to ask, you asked, you had something of substance that you were asking, you know, to, you know, for, for, and then you had those approvals and the, you know, almost like certifications for a business or whatever, you, you know, it, it, it makes it more real and tangible, you know, that they would want to, you know, have be a part of. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's been a few of them that have come back. Like there was uh one of them is uh John, John Troxel. Um, and he was the, uh, so he's the senior enlisted advisor to the joint chiefs of staff. So he's basically like that, you know, you have Sergeant major of the army, uh, and, and, you know, these advisors to the joint chiefs, those levels, like it's pretty much as high as you can go from that enlisted level. And to be like, man, you really brought back some memories from the battlefield for me. And I felt like I was walking with you through the fields, you know, during some of this to get that type of feedback is just it's it's a hell of a thing because it's rewarding and you're also just getting that that verification that like man what you've done and what you've put together this work and stuff it's been worth worth every bit that's awesome and uh yeah yeah and and it's it's so cool because you're just you know you're sort of like leading by example in the for the marketing world too, like, 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 yeah, I'm putting out this book, so I'm going to put my marketing strategies and everything behind it. And basically it's, you know, like you said, like doing modern, you know, what, you know, whatever social media and all that stuff, but putting these (laughs) tried and true systems behind it, you know, and uh, just being what I call, you know, patient, persistent, and consistent with your efforts. Yes, that is absolutely. And, and, and that leading by example comes in majorly as well, because I mean, you, you do, you have to, you have to do it by deeds. You can't just talk about it, you know? And that's, that's one of the other things too, is, I mean, I had written another book five years ago that I never even bothered to try and publish. Cause I was just like, I don't have a stake, I guess, in the veterans world on that end. I, I'm not like a veteran influencer. I'm not a um, subject matter expert, you know, or at least I wouldn't be considered a subject matter expert. Um, so now that that's been established, (laughs) so I already have project number two, ready, ready in the wing waiting. That's awesome. As well as three and four, but that's besides the, (laughs) (laughs) that's just the progression. That's really cool. Like, um, if, so with your marketing background and your knowledge, you, you know, that you have, uh, if you were to s- start a business, um, like going into 2024, what, what, what would it be? So 2024, there's, 
there's something I've been looking at, and this this really is. Um, I mean, it's got to be something. Really, I I want to inspire people. You know, and it's and through this, I've kind of been like, man, you you really can do that. You've you've done that through this book, and you're you know, how do you take that to the next step? And really, it's taking some of that, and I know this is a little cheesy, but I want to end up in the long run hitting some of the government contracts and stuff out there with, uh, oh, that's weird. Give me two seconds. That should not have timed out on us. All right. You're going to have a break in there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I can still hear you. But... All right, cool. Um. And I lost my train of thought there on that one. So, I mean, mm. yeah. Oh, inspire 2024 government contracts. Got it. Yeah. 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 No, 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 there's a, so there's a, there's really a disconnect within the military and it has to do with transitioning people out from the military side to the civilian side. And that's honestly mm -hmm. where a lot of the issues are with, um, with some of the veteran problems that you have today, they don't really integrate back into society. They don't take those skills that were gained in the military and they don't know how to translate them or they're too frustrated to deal with the general public. Quite honest, some of them are just, they, they isolate, they self isolate. And there's a, there's a mental health problem there to where some people, you know, they need some help and kind of bringing it out to where not only is it okay to share these stories, and to share that end of it with people and to talk, you know, really my plan is to start talking like a peer to peer networking uh, type of people. We've already done it a few times over over different um, group Zoom projects to where we put a, a business mastermind framework behind it to where you're helping out people in a peer group capacity. But then when when it kind of shows up where somebody might need that clinical end of things to pull them aside, you know, and be like, hey, man, like, look. I've been through this before and I see what you're going through. You really should be talking to this person. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be okay and stuff and get them to, to really open up in that way. And that's the start of that healing and stuff. But to take a lot of the things that I've learned in my own process and stuff, uh, going through, um, you know, not only I finished business school in two and a half years, it really would have been two. I had a throwaway semester in there. Um, but doing business school in two years at, at Towson and then moving forward and pushing myself, you know, I did a certificate program with Cornell and then on to Columbia, which I just finished up. I need to update that just finished up over there. Um, and show other guys like, look, there, there is better. There's more, you can do more. You can have more of a fulfilling end game here or an end state. Um, and you know, doing really it's uh putting frameworks together you know in a studio-based format at first with subject matter experts but doing stuff that uh is behind the scenes that where we create a uh like a career path framework towards like hey you want to go here you want to be involved in in here like let's let's get you there you know and whether it even wants to just be somebody who wants to be a tradesman you know i've already talked with guys such as like mike rowe and stuff about getting these guys apprenticeships and and showing them the path through through a different way there because those are needed as well and those guys do that hard work they don't uh they don't they're most of them have no qualms about rolling up their sleeves and doing those jobs that a lot of people that we're starting to see disappear in this country 
Yeah, for sure. And I, that something like that is be so like crazy um, um, needed for sure. I'm sure it'd be very well accepted too. And um, and even like doing getting government contracts and stuff like that, you know, because I mean, it's hard enough, I think, for uh, um, somebody with a military background, especially if they've been there for any, any length of time to transition you know, from military to civilian life, but especially if you've, you know, been in battle, like, like, so that's just like a whole other crazy world that you're living in that <laughs> nobody else can understand, right? Yeah. You know, no, no, no civilian, almost like a, like, like a regular worker doesn't, under, like, a, they don't understand entre, the entrepreneur life, you know, like, so, yeah. you know. Oh, well, so, it's, it's terrifying when the light bulb goes off on these guys, though, and they start realizing their capability, and then the focus is there. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen some of them just rise through the ranks in the business world like that. Once that happens, just because they hit that flow state and then it's like, whoa, and then they're in it, you know, and it's just crazy. It's so rewarding to see that. Yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, to, yeah, just to have somebody just tell, tell them like, it's going to be okay and you can do this. And, and and even just like hey you've learned some stuff here and and you know apply that apply those principles here and then you know because because I've seen it myself like especially in in the fitness and wellness space a lot of guys they'll come out you know and and because they enjoy fitness and stuff and the, yeah and, um, and they build some successful gyms or training facilities and all this stuff because they they put in these standard operating procedures and all these different things and. And, and they're able to build some, something because they have solid foundations and yeah. and they have like crazy awesome work ethics. The gym is like, honest to God, the gym is the foundation. Like you, you can go across the board, like business stuff and everything else. Like it, I, as a, a business owner myself, you know, I look at someone when I'm going into business with them even and like just like do they look like they take care of themselves because that's a big thing that transfers over into your every aspect of your life and really fitness is the foundation all of those same you can take very easily easily seen correlations between fitness and business like the resilience and that you're not going to see these results right away and everything and having to do hey look this is the routine and you have to stick with it and you're counting your macros and you're doing, I mean, I get it. And it's, that's another thing myself I faced, uh, in leaving the military when your, your fitness regiment and your, uh, dietary regiment falls apart and you, you, I lost, uh, you know, I ended up blowing up like big time, but I lost 70 pounds in a year's time, but it was through that same, same type of thing. Like just start to implement these exactly what you're saying you know awesome. the foundation yeah <laughs> that's really cool so um is there like a one thing or one big idea that people should uh take from this episode or interview you know i know i talked a lot about myself and what i've been doing in this one but quite honestly like everything intertwined with the book i wouldn't have been able to do any of it without everybody else that's been involved so I'd say from, from this one and stuff is to not discount that collaborative effort and, and getting that community aspect in there of everybody else and, and taking in this stuff. I mean, like the, the pictures and stuff that I have for the social 
side of thing. I mean, guys just came back with thousands, you know, when I put the ask out there and they've, they've been there every step of the way. And like just different people who I've reached out to and been like, this is, this is great. The collaborative, uh, effort and the possibilities that we can work with. Cause like I've been reaching out to other people, um, within just different weird spaces. Like one of them, uh, more local to me and the government. And I'm like, Hey, I'm, I can bring some more attention in the veteran space. And I see you doing this project over here and you're linked in with these guys would maybe some more attention be gathered if we work together on this and maybe do an event together. Um, I don't want anything from it. Like, let's just do something to where we're really just focusing on trying to get attention towards you and what you're giving back into the veteran community. And they're like, it's, it's like, they look at me at first, like, you're kidding me. Like what? (laughs) And then I'm, I'm like, no, I'm that, Books will sell. I don't have to sell this thing. If we talk on that end or we use that, people will find it. It's not about that. It's about really our what we could do together, you know, in those possibilities. That's awesome. That's really that's really great. You know, you know, because collaboration can be everything, you know, for especially, you know, for business owners. So, but thank you for coming on the show and sharing all those great insights with us. Uh, congratulations again on the book. Um, what's the best way for people to like follow you or get a hold of you, et cetera? Yeah. So there's kind of a hub at uh, damnthevalleybook.com. Um, and there's all the social links on there, you know, and email and stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, you, myself is just William at William Yeski on Instagram or I mean, LinkedIn. I think you just type in William, William And, uh, yeah, my LinkedIn shows up. So it, it I'm fairly easy to find you either type in damn the Valley, but, uh, damn the Valley and at damn the Valley book across social should be able to get you anywhere you need to go. Right on. And we'll be sure to include, you know, link, links in the show notes below the audio and video for this episode. Oh, so, cool. Great. But thank you again for coming on the show. Hey, Al, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was a good time. Awesome. Awesome. So that concludes this episode of Podcast Marketing Secrets. This is Al Morenton signing off. I hope you have a successful day.